Brett, sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a cherry chapstick and I love films. As Frederick Nietzsche once said, It is hard enough to remember my opinions without also remembering my reasons for them. I loved Tequila Sunrise when I saw it, but I can't remember for the life of me why. I reckon I can answer that one, Frederick. I reckon it's because it had Michelle Pfeiffer in it. There you go, another mystery solved here at Films To Be Buried With. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that mean the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Kevin Smith, Jamila Jamil and even Led Dambles. But this week... It's the brilliant writer, actor and best-looking comic on the UK stand-up circuit, Mr Rich Wilson. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat with Rich, where we go deep, we talk about secrets, there's a beginning, there's an ending, you get video, uncut, ad-free, you get the lot. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Ted Lasso Season 2 and 1 is all available on Apple TV+. Plus. You can watch it all in one go. Superbob Soulmates, they're available on Amazon Prime in lots of countries. So go and watch them if you have the time and enjoy your lives. Thank you very much. So, Rich Wilson. Ah, oh, Rich Wilson is an excellent stand-up comedian. He's a lovely, lovely man. I've done loads of gigs with him. I've been, I've done, I've been, I've been all over the place with him. He's wonderful. He's also an actor. He's a writer. He's got his own podcast. It was so great to catch up with him. And I think you're really going to love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 184 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a hero, an actor, a writer, a podcaster, one of the finest stand-ups of his generation, a lovely boy, a podcaster, and let's face it, the best-looking man on the UK comedy circuit. Please welcome to the show, it's the wonderful, it's the brilliant, it's Mr Rich Wilson! Uh, Hello! (laughs) Hello, Rich Wilson. Hello, mate. It's so lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. And so it's funny when I was listening, because you know, you, you, you listen to a few to get a feel for it as you know, you said in the thing, have a listen. And I've listened to some before, and 
the bit where you're introducing, I was like, oh, what, what have I got? <laughs> Lovely hair, good shoes. <laughs> really good hair. I can't, but let's talk about that hair. <laughs> One, wonderful hair. Thanks, and a lovely face. Uh, one of the one of the the hottest men on the UK circuit. Someone who someone who could just coast on their looks, and yet still bothers to write material. And I respect that. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I, when I was growing up, I'm not saying I agree with what you're saying, but what I'm saying you is, should. What, what, <laughs> what I'm saying when I was growing up, I, I, I didn't have. I wasn't like covered in attention from people mm. it wasn't like oh, he's a handsome dude he's a handsome dude it seems to be like well, now i'm older i came like, hello you seem mm. to have grown into yourself which is it's quite nice <laughs> you have you god you've got god you've grown into yourself and you know what you know what i think you have as well and i think it might be the beard because i saw a picture of you younger where you didn't have a beard i'm like you should always have a beard what a beard face what a beard face do you know what it's funny my an ex-partner of mine marilyn always used to say you you should have your stubble, have your stubble. And this was like years before beards were fashionable. So I was yeah. always like, oh, no, it looks dirty, it looks dirty. And then one of them, like, actually, well, I haven't got any lips, so it's good. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, no lips. Frames the no lips. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. It's very kind of you to say. Uh, it's really nice to see you. You're, you, yeah. are, you are one of my favourite people on this circuit. I've known you for many years. I haven't spoken to you in a while. I, you, you have been doing your own podcast, uh, called say the name because it's a very good name insane in the membrane insane in the membrane so pleased with it i mean i don't know why you bother doing the podcast i just put the title out and just <laughs> <laughs> just relax just put merch out but no podcast <laughs> uh and on that podcast you talk to men about their brains yes correct yeah about their about about how because there's that the age old thing of men not being able to talk about their, their thoughts and their feelings and mm. kind of stem from that really getting, getting guys to open up. And since I've started it and not because, not because I have, but I've, I've become like part of a wave of now mm. we are really are, men are really are opening up and it's so good to see. Oh yeah. It's such a lovely thing. And do you, I mean, this is such a like question, like, in a in a in a nice neat soundbite, what have you learned? <laughs> <laughs> to listen to my own advice. Nice. I've noticed that a mate of mine, a mate of mine, John Gamer, he's a wonderful man, mm-hmm. and I met him through a gig. Him and him and his wonderful Mrs. Mandy were at the front, and he's a very. They're both beautiful people. They're quite. He's got a lovely beard, and she's got a lovely beard. They're really yeah, lovely beard faces. But they're lovely people, and I've gotten to know them over the years. And I was at a gig with John recently, just before Christmas, and he said to me, um, he goes, I was talking about something. He said, Rich, he goes, you never ring me. He goes, you talk, you're telling me now that you've had these issues. But you, I never hear from you. He goes, yet yeah, your whole podcast is all about men reaching out and men doing this and men doing that. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And, that, and that was when I went, mm. yeah, I don't listen to my own advice. It's so hard, that. And I, I'm sure I've talked about this before. I know what that's like. It's weird. Whenever you hear a friend tell you, man, you know, a month ago I was incredibly sad. I was in real, real depression. And you, you're angry with them. You're like, why didn't you call me? You should have called me. Yeah. But I also know when I've been in that state, it's very hard to call someone because you feel yeah. like sort of embarrassed or you feel ashamed or you, I don't know, or you think it's not worth it. It's just annoying. I'm just going to annoy them. It's really hard. Have you found yourself doing it since you've realized that? Since, since then, and it's only been a month or so, I've been more 
more more aware of replying to people's messages, actually messaging people and saying, how are you? You know, because we just, I have this block where I'm kind of like, oh, they're busy. I know I can't. And it's a real, it's a really, when I say block, it's a really weird feeling where you go, you can't Mm. physically do it. You go to pick one up and you cannot physically press the buttons to send a message or reply. You just, there's just this weird kind of, I don't know, it just all shuts down. And trying to push through that is really hard. So I get it. And I'm, I, it, it's very important that you do start to open up and be honest with people. Like you and I, we've we've talked about this before. You mm-hmm. and I, because we don't upset anyone, I hurt people's feelings. We've been in situations where we could have gone, actually, that's not really for me. But we've ended up going, actually, oh, God. And you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when we were away, you know, agreeing to something that, oh, yeah. you know, when really, if you'd, if you'd have just gone, actually, that's not really for me. But thank you yeah. for the offer. We wouldn't have all the children we have. <laughs> Acres of children. <laughs> Strewn about the place. Oh, a whole you could do you could do you could do Ted Lasso just with your kids alone. Oh no. <laughs> I think I play all the teams in the Premier League. <laughs> By the way, we are joking. I don't want anyone to listen to this and then you get in, you end up on the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you do your podcast, you do the thing. Now, there's something that I've forgotten to tell you, though, which I feel mm, I feel bad about it because I probably, you know, we're old friends. I should have, I should have, I should have reached out to you and texted you about this. But again, it's probably my self-esteem. I thought he's not going to care, but now I've now I've remembered it. I'm like, oh, fuck it. You know what? This isn't about me. This is about you, and I should have been a better friend. So. I think, you just have to, I think you just have to tell me. Uh, yeah, I'll just tell you. You well, you've died. What? Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. yeah, you're dead. It was my birthday yesterday. That means I'm birthday boy. <laughs> so I was exactly Happy birthday. I'm exactly fifty. And now shut I'm... up! Well, it was your fiftieth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy birthday! What a way to go. Day and I, can't, 50. I just I had such a nice time. And it is weird because I did when I went to bed, I felt odd. But I just put it is, down to uh, eating and drinking too much. What did you do for your 50th? Is that something you can tell us? We went to, I, well, I thought I was just being taken out for a meal. I did a gig on Friday in, in Worcester. How'd it go? Wonderful. I had a wonderful that, time. Oh, I like that. So good. And then there was a hotel. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Had a wonderful time. And then. I got, I got taken to Bristol and I thought we was going to have a meal and a night out in Bristol. I spoke to my sons and they were like, oh yeah, happy birthday, dad. Yeah, sorry, we'll see you at some point, blah, blah, blah. And then got to the restaurant and they sat there. They were sat in the restaurant. Ah, uh, that's nice. So Keanu, my eldest and my youngest, Bailey, and Keanu's wife, Mary, they're all sat there. A wonderful time. You've had quite, this is the thing I've always, well, I'm always fascinated by you, is you've had all the lives and sometimes in the in the in a different order than yeah. is average you had children when you were very young right 20 yeah 20 and you're a brilliant dad and you love your children and now you're like a teenager and you're 50. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right? I, I was making up for the fact that I was a dad at 20 so when you're in yeah. your 20s, you're supposed to go out and kick the ass out of it and doing all manner of stuff and now my boys are old I mean my eldest will be you know he's 30 in March God, that's why. Now you're, and now, yeah, now you're out 
now I'm back out and I'm buying trainers and I'm running around like a, like a loony. <laughs> Doing pills for the first time. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> what is this stuff? This is this smells lovely. But it's, you know, yeah, and obviously I've kicked, kicked the arse out of it too much and now I've, I've, I've burned too brightly. I've perished. <laughs> Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Really and really it. Burn out and it just fade away. Yeah. How did you die? Well, like I said, I just went to sleep. I thought I was... You know, I felt, felt a bit dodgy. But I thought, well, maybe mm. I just drink too much, drunk too much. I had a, you know, maybe I had a, a bad tequila. You know, I um, don't on this podcast uh, agree with just dying in your sleep. Something happened. You might have been asleep for it, but something happened. Well, I do tend to sleepwalk. Actually, I was funny listening. Oh, to now you're talking. Bigly, and I was like, actually, yeah, I do that. Many times I've ended up. I've been stood in the lounge looking out of the patio doors. Oh, really? But like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Yes, well, probably. I always, you know what, my biggest fear, I was always worried that something would fall on me, like in the cartoons, like a piano or a, or an anvil or something like that. Yeah. Some, so, I, so yeah, so it would have been that because that's my biggest fear. So it would have been, it would have been a piano. So you were sleepwalking and yeah. a piano dropped on you. You never, you rarely see anvils in any context, let alone hanging from cranes. Uh, no, I've only ever seen, I've seen them. Have you? Yeah, I've seen them in like old, really old, like vintage shops where they've got like really old, like farm uh, equipment, like wooden plows and things like that. But right, never, I've never seen one being used. Or maybe I and, saw one as a doorstop. Oh, that's true. Maybe yeah. they're more of a threat than I think they are. But maybe they had more. Maybe because the cartoons were American, maybe they had more of them. Maybe I should be more vigilant. In America, you got to get this. It doesn't hurt to look up now and again. That's what it is. This is it. There you go. There's some advice for the listeners. Yeah, looking at your phone for a minute and look up because you never know a piano might fall on you. Yeah. Okay. Or so you're sleepwalking. Yeah, I do do that. Also, a weird time to have a piano delivered, but that's your neighbours for you, I suppose. Well, I'm a comedian, so I work nights, so I was probably yeah. Oh, it was you, for you the piano. You just forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's my right. birthday. I'm having a piano delivered. <laughs> They thought I'd come out to meet them. I didn't even know uh, I was there. Sleep. <laughs> 50 years old. Yes. Be- beautiful face. Do you uh, worry about death? Not really. I worry about uh, the effect that it would have on loved ones, I think. Hmm. I'm not, I used to be like, there's nothing after this. This is all there is. Make the yeah. most of this. There's an element of that. I still think we should try and make the most of this. But at the same time, I don't really know what happens afterwards. I believe in energy. I believe that the energy within us, the vibrations of us, I believe that goes off into the universe somewhere. You become part of something else, something else vibrating, you know. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't really worry about it, though. So you think your energy joins any energy that's near it? Yeah, you kind of just go back. like The energy just kind of mingles in with other stuff and you go back into the... Because I think someone um, I read somewhere, someone said this, we're all just vibrations vibrating in different mm. at different speeds and ways. Which sounds mad now I'm saying it out loud, but no, 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 it's true. And 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 what in, in terms of like consciousness, mm. that what happens to that still still going? Well, I don't know. That's to see. This is the thing. Is this just a vessel? Like you know, like Independence Day when they open the head and there's a little dude, mm. or 
you know, is this, yeah, is, the, is, the, is this something? Because we just don't know. We don't know. You know, like the Men in Black at the end, the end sequence of the Men in Black oh, when some, when they're playing with the marbles. Yeah. It goes throughout, it goes through all of our galaxies away from us and then into the marbles and into the, and you're like, yeah, that could be it. We could be just part of this just endless cycle that just, well, you, just you just move around. I don't well, know. We are talking about films. You're right, yeah. by the way. Men in Black and Men in Black 2, the end beats of them are fucking profound. Yeah. That True. bit, when it comes out of the Earth, goes past our solar system, out past all of the other solar systems, and it keeps going, it keeps going, and then it's on a just these mad aliens playing marbles. Yeah, with the solar systems, and it, and you're like, well, yeah. But I remember, I remember my ex, my ex-wife, India, lovely, lovely woman, but she was brought up a Jehovah's Witness. She was a creationist rather than a. She didn't believe in in evolution. So we had these mad conversations and I'm like, yeah, but we do evolve because the universe is always expanding. And then she said, yeah, but what's it expanding into? And you're like, ha. (laughs) (laughs) So you just don't know. You don't know. Gun to head. Piano (laughs) to head. What's the answer? What do you think? (laughs) I don't know. I think we go, I think parts of us go somewhere because time, time isn't a thing doesn't exist it's a it's a it's a framework that is put onto us because the sun just you know we are right we go around the sun so there is no kind of night and day just light and dark there's no mm. such thing time we just grow we grow and we age but you know like like i say i was my 50th birthday I go yeah i've been around for that along that amount yeah. of time but time really doesn't exist it's not a thing so it's so it's crazy and then saying that people go yeah it does yeah no no, no it does because human beings have created time the, the framework of time but it doesn't, it's not a thing in the universe. Like if aliens were to come to us, they, they're not going to say, what's the time? Because yeah. it doesn't, it's, it's, a, it's a human, it's a human thing that we've, it's a human construct. Whereas aliens, I don't even smoke weed, listen to me. <laughs> but, you know, it's, all it is, is that we, we go around the sun with this, there's light and dark, but we've, in order for us to, to kind of, I don't know, we've just become used to the fact that we've got, weeks and months and years and and things like that and so it doesn't exist but it's a so i don't know don't know i wish i don't think there's another place i don't think there's heaven as such but i think you just become part of the universe again you know well maybe (laughs) i'm glad glad you uh you you had a go but you were very far from the truth because there is a heaven there's a heaven is there and yeah and you're going straight in Anyone with beard faces gets straight, straight into heaven. Excellent. I'm glad I was did. wrong. I'm glad I was wrong. Which is a weird rule to have, especially what we know about bits. Do you, what's your favourite thing? In the whole world. Yeah. I do actually love movies. I love movies more than television. Okay. Television, people say, oh, you know, they go, oh, yeah, you've got to, oh, it takes a couple of seasons to get going. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I kind of, I watch a few and I go, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And I stop watching. I can't. Even, I can't. I have to watch things all in one go. Like that's yeah. why movies are great. Because if I don't, if I can't watch it all in one go, I kind of just wander off. Yeah, it is mad how people say that about TV shows. Just, uh, just you've just got to watch twenty five hours of it, and then it starts getting good. And you're like, what? I'm going to be dead. Twenty five hours. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I really. There was a, with break with Breaking Bad. And what I love, I know everyone goes on about it, but what I love is when I've read up about it and it's, they say that even the colours of what they were wearing and everything mm. kind of, everything meant something in that show. Yeah. 
which made it, it just turned it into a piece of art rather than a very clever TV show. It was beyond clever. Everything was thought about. Every, every, every minuscule bit of it was, there was a reason for everything. It was wonderful. But my son, my eldest son and I, we were living together at the time. And we said, look, we're going to watch it together, but we can only watch it when we're together. So there was, wow. like, so there was like weeks where we didn't watch it, you know, and we kept, and you could see Netflix or wherever it was on. You could see if someone's watched it. <laughs> so, oh. so that was good. Yeah. I do love Star Bars as well. Star Bars? Yeah, Star Bars. You ever had a Star Bar? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This world, this heaven is made of Star Bars. Yeah, this is just, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm going to say Star Bars were the original, not Boost. Boost came later. Yeah, Boost was a, is a Star Bar knockoff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, got- and you're not afraid to say it. This heaven is made of Starbucks. Seats are made of Starbucks with the wrappers on for the seats so you don't get melted chocolate on your bum. No one wants that. The walls are made of Starbucks. At any point, you can grab a Starbucks and eat it. Some of the people (laughs) that are made of Starbucks, you can eat their faces. No one complains. Everyone's (laughs) delighted to see you. Of course they are. Delighted. And they want to talk about your life, but they want to talk about your life through film. And the first thing they ask is, what's the first film you remember seeing, Rich Wilson? First film. I remember seeing. So the first one I remember seeing as a child was the uh, the original King Kong, the black and white one. Oh wow! I remember that I'd had a birthday. Hang on, how old are you? <laughs> That's like the twenties. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Time doesn't does exist, and I'm a time <laughs> traveler. I'd had a, I'd had a birthday party when I was really young. Yeah. And then I remember sitting up with my dad. I remember sitting on his lap. I remember we had the lights off as well, and so it was, and we were watching the just lit by the flickering of the TV. And watching the black and white version of King Kong. Wow! Yeah, it was. I remember. I do remember that. That's my, one of my earliest memories. That. How how old were you? Do you think? Oh, I must have been five or six. I love that. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember it being like magical? Yeah, I, it was a nice moment because I was just sat with my dad, and it was just he and I. He's still here. I'm talking about him like he's gone, but no, he's still yeah. here. But we were like, I mean, we just had this moment where we were sat watching the TV. I just it was a night. I remember. I remember the warmth of it. It was just a nice, a nice moment. You know, so you got pajamas on, and you know, it's just a, it was uh, nice. Yeah, it's lovely. It's fucking, <laughs> it's fucking great. The original King Kong, and you know, I'm obsessed with saying. I say this a lot, but I think the special effects in King Kong uh, last longer than CGI. Because yeah. it's because it's tactile because it's there even though you can see sometimes it's a stop motion puppet sometimes it's a giant puppet head but it's there it's physically yeah. there and the actors can interact with it and they're not looking at a random spot on the wall yeah this is it when you look at I'll, some they they keep putting up there's people things that I follow on Instagram mm. and they show you like behind the scenes of John Wick and the Matrix and that and. I don't really, I'm, I'm, I, it blows my mind what they do to get the shots yeah. that they get. But at the same time, I don't want to see it. I don't want to know that they're actually not, I saw one of them, it was John Wick, it was a motorbike scene and they're, 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 they're chasing yeah. a lot, they're fighting and all that. And then you look and the whole thing is green screen. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, I thought, I didn't think they're actually, I thought it were on trailers or something like that, but they're actually, they're getting moved around in the studio like chess pieces and it's, I'm sure there's something in the, like even say war. I don't know if you ever saw Warhorse the play or like yeah, if you see if you see Lion King, if you see the 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 live version of the Lion King, like 
you can see the actors in the puppets like they're not hiding the puppet that you see the puppet and you see the person moving the puppet and they're both in your field of vision and yet you as audience make the magical connection to believe in this horse and they don't hide the joins or whatever and i think that that's true of physical special effects is if you really question it you go yeah i know someone's made this and it's rubber or it's whatever but you buy it because it exists in a way that i don't think you buy computers doing stuff i know because you know it doesn't exist you know what i mean yeah absolutely absolutely i remember going to watch um avenue q did you ever saw that yeah yeah but the puppets are only from the waist up so there's no but after a while you forget that the people are hold you kind of focus on the puppet your brain kind of goes i know that's the main character not the person the puppet yeah start focusing on that there's one bit i think they're having sex and you're going yeah "Yeah, they're having sex so you kind of just yeah but then when you think about what blows me blows me away about the old the old stuff like with buster keaton and harold lloyd yeah like that one with the one with what's it called is it the general where he's on the train yeah and he's and he's and he's got he's on the front he's got a wooden sleeper and he's and his sleepers on the track and as he's going along he's banging the the sleeper's got his hand on the on the things that are on the track and they're going out of the way he's running around on the train he's sitting on the on the thing on the wheels and it's all they did that yeah did that and that blows my mind and that's why it holds up i think because because you because you you feel it there's genuine like jeopardy and yeah like this is fucking real yeah Hmm. but when you look at the summer again put the put the footage up of the special effects of Harold Lloyd hanging off the clock it was actually, it was just like the, it was the way they angled the cameras. So he wasn't actually, it was a, it was a mock-up of the side of a building. It was on top of a high building. Mm. And so there's a mattress underneath him. So he's not far off the ground, but because the building's in the background, it looked like he was hanging up off this building. And, and then the one with Charlie Chaplin and he's roller skating around and he looks like he's going near the edge of the, with the, the where the banisters have fallen away. And he's going backwards and he's nearly it. Then they showed you how they did that as well, the angles of that. It's so clever. But they actually they actually did it, like moving the cameras to a point mm. where, which is so quick. I'm not knocking CGI. I mean, that takes hours of work and to make it look the way it does. But well, the old the older movies, they just they were in it. And it, yeah. it fascinating. Love it. Love it. What's the film that made you cry the most? Now, are you a crier? I suspect yes. you, you're you're good at crying. Oh, I love a good cry. And that's yeah. only been in the last... Because when I was growing up, I always I used to cry a lot and I always thought I was weak. I'm like, oh, mm. bloody crying again. What's wrong with me? Why am I crying? But now it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm an emotional person, so I cry. I cry all the time. I cried. I've only... This so Christmas just gone. I watched for the first time. I watched The Holiday. Never watched it before. Didn't want to watch it. And I, that looks like a load of old shit. <laughs> Chintzy rubbish. Just, I didn't want to watch it. And so we were, we, <laughs> I was here and, I, and it was put on and I just sat there. And then by the end of it, I was blubbing. I was absolutely blubbing. And I looked, I went, it's one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> oh. oh, Lovely. Pulled my eyes out. I've absolutely just cried my eyes out. I, and I mean, it's probably been mentioned as well before. Like, uh, the beginning of Up has been mentioned. I mean, yeah. I many, many times. 
that just make just breaks my heart every single time. You're oh. comfortable crying in front of people, right? Yeah, yeah. How about you? No, you? no. I don't. I didn't think you would be. <laughs> God, no, no. Thank you. I, no, thank you. Is thank that you for asking? What happens? You must feel it sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just push it, push it down, and give yourself a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> you get heart disease or something. It's gonna, it's gonna yeah. manifest. Push it down until it pops out of your abdomen. <laughs> Every shit is just fraught because it's just got <laughs> so much emotion with unused tears. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the film that scared you the most, Rich Wilson? Do you like being scared? Yes, I do actually. Good. I, I don't like like torture porn and things like that. That just no. like the first Saw film is good. But after that, it got a little bit much. I'm not into that sort of thing. I don't find that scary. I just find it a bit unnecessary. The original Woman in Black, the TV film that they made, that's pretty scary. Yeah, with Andy Noman. Yeah. When she's over, they see her at the the other side of the graveyard. She's just this, oh, oh. And there's a bit, he's lying in bed and she appears over him. Horrifying. And then they remade it with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. It was sensational. It was like horror, Hammer horror films were coming back. It was like the first one, Hammer horror again. And it was absolutely superb. Absolutely superb. It, and it made you realise there's more to Daniel Radcliffe than Harry yeah. Potter. You know, he really did step up. And I remember watching it. Uh, I was sat there, my boys were there in India, my ex-wife, we all sat there. And I remember I had a plate in my hand and there's a bit where the woman in black comes running out of the pleasure. And I went, yeah, and I nearly snapped the plate in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> the one, the one that terrifies me, I did when I was a kid. I'm, I remember watching it. So it was, it was the first Halloween that my friend Tom, my friend Tom, I've known since I was three years old. And it was the first Halloween that we'd been left alone together while our parents had gone out. And they went, right, just, you can watch what you want. We trust you. So we watched Abbott and Costello meet uh, Frankenstein or whatever it was, all those films. And then we watched The Thing for the first time. John uh, Carpenter. Yeah. Oh, oh, mate. The bit when the head, the, the neck stretches and the head goes off the floor, off to, onto the floor and then turns into a spider, the head's upside down. And yeah. then he's trying to scuttle out the room and the guy goes, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good film. And at the end, when there's um, Kurt Russell and oh, I can't remember his name, the guy. Really good film. And they're just sitting really in good ending. It's those two left. Hmm. And they're like, yeah, either one of us could, could be it, but we're too tired to deal with it. It's just yeah. such a good film, The Thing. The, the 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 not the original because there was one in like nineteen fifty something, wasn't there? Or whatever. Yeah, the th- but the nineteen eighty two one was ooh, horrifying. Very good answer. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new twenty twenty five Infinity QX eighty. Join us March twentieth live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, my neighbor Maureen. What's this I hear about you getting a promotion at the office? Didn't you just get promoted last month? It's all thanks to Canva. I've been nailing every meeting with AI-powered Canva presentations. Isn't that Canva's AI slide generator where you just describe your presentation in a few words and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds? That's right. And to top it off, I use Magic Write, Canva's AI text generator, to perfect my points. Sounds brilliant, Maureen. No more copying and pasting from other programs. No more app switching. Can Canva Docs with Magic Write generate any text you want for work? Yes. Sales proposals, marketing plans, yeah. Meeting agendas, ratings of all 12 Muppet movies using the extensive point system that I developed at age 12. Anyone can save time with Canva's AI-powered tools. Generate your draft fast with Canva Docs at canva.com, designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbor, Maureen. Yeah, thank you. What's the film that most people don't like? It's not critically acclaimed, but you love it. And you don't care what any of these fools say to you. <laughs> the Transporter with Jason Statham. <laughs> Lovely answer. <laughs> There's just something about a Jason Statham film. And they're always the same. He's always one guy on his own against everybody else. He doesn't fuck with the formula. He does what he does. And the thing is, he's aware of what he does as well. At no point... Mm. Jason Statham's not running around going, I don't know why I don't do Shakespeare. Jason's like, look, I've got my own. He's always, it's his own genre. You're like, yeah. let's watch a Statham film. He's got his own thing. And we watched all this comment, all this Christmas stuff, the whole of Christmas. So we watched, we watched The Holiday and we watched Muppets Christmas Carol that I hadn't seen before. I hadn't seen it. I, hadn't, I know you're a big fan. I know you're a huge fan. I didn't know how to like. I didn't know how to get it into this. <laughs> you're just trying to get extra points. I mean, you haven't yet said what you thought of it, so we're in a real danger well, zone. The reason I hadn't seen it, I get because I wasn't. I mean, I was a fan of the Muppets when I was a kid, but not a huge fan. I was like, took it, take it, leave it. But the Muppet Christmas movie is mm. incredible. This, the, just all of it. The Ghost of Christmas. Is oh, it present? The big, the big guy, the present, and, yeah, yeah, and he ages as he's t- as he's talking. Yeah. That and that again, I was, I was like, oh my god, when he, oh, it's deep, isn't it? It's deep. The Grace of Christmas present ages, yeah, the time, the time that doesn't exist, oh, time that doesn't exist, I know, <laughs> yeah, completely blown out, blowing what <laughs> going out of the water. But I had up until then, I was growing my hair. Um, so just for Christmas. And loads of people said, oh, Rich, I used to love your haircut. I'm like, I oh, know, but I found something different. I didn't know I was really depressed. So I'm growing my hair. <laughs> and then just before Christmas, uh, my flatmate Sweeney, who's my barber, and I went, look, I need to sort this out. So we got it. We got it back. I got my hair cut yeah. back. And as he was cutting it, he went, yeah, we're getting rid of the sadness, Rich. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel much better. But then watching The Christmas Carol... And Michael Caine's hair in that. I was watching it, I'm like, that's what, why didn't none of you tell me my hair looked like that? (laughs) 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 So I'd watched all of these films. And it was, I mean, I nearly had diabetes from all the, from all the saccharin. It was too much. I needed something. And I got back and I just said, I need to watch a Jason Statham film. So we watched The Wrath of Man, which is, it's you know it's it's what it is but it's not shit it's just you know so yeah the transporter, transporter. 
the transporter, it was the first one. It's set in the south of France. So I think that's why it makes it a little bit more. Yeah. It's a bit more. Yeah. It's a bit more palatable. The bit, the beginning you see him, he's a very methodical man. The bit when they get in the, they get in the car, the guys, he's he's been hired to be the driver and he get, they get in the car and he goes, hang on a minute. Is there's who's this? There's too many of you. I've I've got enough fuel da, 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 for this amount of weight. This guy, you've not you're not accounted for this. You know, this is, I've done the tires. I've done this. I've done that. And then and he does, and the police are coming and he's just sat there. And the guy goes, "You're gonna fucking move." And he's like, "No, no, you, I can't." Because and the guy just shoots him. He goes, "Right, let's fucking go." So that that's brilliant. And then the police chief in the film is excellent. He's so dry and witty and funny. Excellent, and it just it just elevate. I think it just elevates that again above other Statham films. It's just other, uh, other films in the Jason Statham genre. Yeah, I think it's. I, I really like it. And the bit where he goes after the guy, he goes back to the where all the bad guys are, and you hear the doorbell ring, and so the bad guy gets up and he looks through the through the hole to see, and you just see Jason Statham running at the door, and he just kicks it, and it's just a, it's such a brilliant scene, just bam, and then you're in it, and then they're like fighting with hammers. And it's like the raid, you know. I, I'm old oh, boy. Raid's I'm relaxed with the that thing. Uh, yeah, that's old boy. The choreography of that. Oh, yeah. it's just great. And that and people slag it off. I'm like, you haven't watched. You haven't watched it. <laughs> you don't know. You're born. You don't know. You're uh, born. The transporter, the first one, brilliant. What is the film that you used to love? You loved it, but now you're not so sure. You've watched it recently, and you don't like it so much no more. I was gonna say bullet. I love that film, but I still, I still love that film. Mm-hmm. Steve McQueen is coolest. Cars in it, the storyline, Robert Vaughn's in it. The, it's such a good film. But the, what, what messed it up for me, the car chase, I noticed that there's a couple of scenes where they use the same scene, but from a different angle. Yeah. And it fucked right. it up. And I'm like, yeah. bit where they come down the hill and they skid and they go around the corner and this Cadillac comes up and stops, stops. And there's like a, a hubcap comes off one of the cars. Yeah. And then they do it from another seat and they do it from another angle. And it's the same. And I'm like, ah, you, <laughs> ah. So it ruined it. It ruined it. I was going to say that. That's a nice answer. I love it. I love it. I still love Bullet. But for me, it was Blazing Saddles. What? I know. I watched it recently and I just, and it really, it was, I don't know. I used to laugh my head off when I was a kid. Mm. The fart scene with the beans around the fire. Just, I used to be bent double. But I watched it again. And I'm like, oh, it's a shame because I adore Madeline Kahn. I love, I love yeah. Madeline Kahn so much. Oh, actually, yeah, Blazing Saddles. I just, I'm like, oh, it's not, you know, I've matured now. <laughs> very sad. To, very sad to hear. Yeah. I, I still love Young Frankenstein. That's still, that's, okay. that still stands up. What is the film that means the most to you, Rich Wilson. Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but because the experience you had seeing it always makes it special for you, Rich Wilson. I think Oliver Stone, The Doors, that movie. Go on, I like that film. Only because it was, when they come out, 1991, I'd met the mother of my kids. It was the first date we went on, we went to see that film. And then a little while later, she became pregnant with my first son, so it kind of reminds me of that. It was the first time I'd moved from, I'd moved out of my, my mum and dad's house. I'd moved out. So I would have been, yeah, 19. I was 19. I'd met Lisa. And so that whole time was just like, this, it was just new and exciting. And yeah, and I love the doors as well. I've always loved, yeah. I'm a big fan of doors for years. And I think that now, when I, every time I see that, it reminds me of that time. It's a really nice, 
It's a nice moment. It's wild. You were 19. Yeah. All this was going on. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, yeah. wild. Nice. I, uh, I haven't watched The Doors in years, but I loved it. I used to love it. It was actually like one I watched on rotation. I, yeah. I'd love to know if it still holds up. I used to fucking love that film. I haven't seen it for a long time. And then you yeah. see like, like uh, Billy Idol's in it. And uh, well, Dale Cooper's on the on the keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. So you knew him from Twin Peaks. Yeah. And now he's and now he was he's playing Ray Manzarek. And it's yeah. And um oh, what's his name? Matt Dillon's brother. Kevin Dillon. Yeah, he's the yes, drummer. That's right, yeah. So it's an incredible movie with that. And then you've got uh what's his name? The guy that went on to be in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, he was he was Alan Rickman's sidekick. American guy, a really gruff voice. Is it, he play, I can't remember his name, but when he comes out, he goes, Mr. Morrison, do you fancy coming down and making an album? I can't remember his name, but he was just a brilliant actor. And they're all, I think that's what, I mean, the Oliver Stone stuff gets a bit slated sometimes, but I think The Doors is a really good film. You mean Michael Wincott? Yeah, Michael Wincott. That's him. <laughs> brilliant actor. Brilliant actor. Because he's the one in, in, the, in Robin of Prince of Thieves when Alan Rickman says... Uh, uh, you know, cut his heart with a, with a rusty spoon or whatever he goes, is what a spoon? <laughs> you know, it's a really nice moment. <laughs> uh, lovely answer. Oh, what, film. <laughs> what is the film that you most relate to, Rich Wilson? Quadrophenia, I think. Of course it, of course that's your answer. I think I'd be annoyed if that wasn't your answer. <laughs> yeah, I, Tell me. I, I really thought about this and I wasn't going to go with it. But now when I kept thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that is... That I did feel that way. It was kind of wanting to belong, also at the same time not being able, or you know, not really wanting to. You don't want to. You want you want to conform, but you don't want to. It's a real mixed, a real mixture. Because hmm. you don't you don't want to be like everybody else, but at the same time you do want to be like everybody else. You want to be accepted, but you don't want to be accepted. And I think we all go through that. And even all the time we go through that all the time. Even when beyond our teenage years, we want to be accepted, but we don't really want to be like everybody else. But we do, and it's a real. So, and I really related to Jimmy, who was who was in that, you know, and and I just loved. It was one of the first albums I bought as well. The soundtrack to Quadrophenia was one of the first records I bought when I was a kid. I was a, I bought I bought Quadrophenia and Like a Virgin by Madonna on the same day <laughs> with my birthday money. Actually, with my birthday money, so big. That's a big day out. The big that was when the Virgin Mega Store had just opened on Oxford Street. So it was a big, big deal. It was a big deal. And Dad, I miss that. That was my dad said we're gonna we're going to the Virgin Mega Store. Oh, wow. and, yeah, I did, I'd never heard of it before. And this is amazing, you know. And we're on our way. Acres of vinyl. It was amazing. Wow. So I think, think Quadrophenia was the one for me that I just went. Yeah, that's that feels. I can relate to that. What's the film that? Here we go. I've just realised where we are. Okay. And I'm personally excited. Rich Wilson, what's the sexiest film you've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Here we go. Sexiest film. So growing up, it was things like there was, um, you know, that was moments. In, I had a big crush on Linda Carter as Wonder Woman when I was a kid. That was my first kind of like. Lovely. Yeah, loved her. It was quite late on, actually, 1994. I had my first kind of like, wow, she's spectacular. And it was when Cameron Diaz comes down the escalator in the mask. And I'm like, I remember being in the cinema, I was like, oh, my 
days. That woman is beautiful, just beautiful. Never heard of her before, never seen her before. And it was just a moment like, wow. That was, that's a moment where she's incredible. Yeah, the mark. Uh, there's a subcategory to this question. Okay. Subcategory is troubling boners, worrying why don'ts. What's the film that you found arousing that you weren't sure you should? This again was a late one, a late one. Uh, it was Avatar. <laughs> and I really, really found the giant blue lady attractive. Yeah. Really, she's, really. She is found, fit. Found her spectacular. Like she didn't take any shit. Mm. She was beautiful. And I just remember thinking, um, this is weird. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, like 24 ten... foot or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's massive. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. That was a weird one. <laughs> you know, like the, the Jennifer Rabbit, you know, there was all that. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that she, you know, you know, you had those those moments. But for me, the the 20 foot tall blue lady in uh, in Avatar. Yeah, it's a great shout. She is yeah. really fit. So fit. <laughs> she is fit. She's a fit. She is. She's, she's fit. She's a fit I, avatar. Or this is it. I, love, I love strong women. Don't I love say. strong blue women. Strong blue women. I think, well, yeah, I mean, you say that. I don't want to go go to a, 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 any town in the in the middle of winter where women are running around with no coats on. I don't mean them. <laughs> strong blue women. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> Lovely strong blue women up north. Uh, <laughs> the women of Newcastle. Stuart, strong, wonderful women. Why'd you say it could be anywhere? London, Birmingham, could be all sorts. Yeah. Objectively, Rich Wilson. Yes. Objectively. What's the greatest film ever made? Oh, you see, this is a tricky one. Because I was going to say uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. There's not an ounce of fat on it. It's It's flawless. In my opinion, it's flawless. Every character... There isn't anybody that shouldn't be in it. Everything is necessary. The way it's laid out, like a graphic novel, the the, the writing of it, the characters, Ray Fiennes, every single piece of that movie is immaculate. It's it's. There's nothing wrong with it at all. It's a it's a wonderful, wonderful film. I think that I was going to say that, but then I sort of listened to my, uh, Sean McLaughlin and he was talking about it. He just seen it just recently. And so I thought, I've right, already talked about that. But so that for me is an immaculate movie. But Dead Man's Shoes by Shane Meadows. Yeah. Next level. The twist in that. To this day, I still remember the, the feeling when you find that. No spoilers. Oh, no spoilers. But when no you, spoilers. that that twist, you're like, huh. and then you start to think back through the rest of the mm. film. Of course. But it's so wonderfully done. And I've had the I've had the the, the pleasure and the, I've been very lucky to speak to Stuart Wolfenden, who played Herbie, that the drug dealer with the beanie hat. He oh, wow. podcast. Wonderful man. I feel like I've known him years. And like to the really? point now, still message everyone, like, all right, Belen, how's it going? <laughs> but he, I, I've spoken to him about it and he's like, Yeah, he still feels out of all the things he's achieved, that to be a part of something so spectacular. Yeah. It's just that's just that's it's just a it's just a perfect film. Everybody in that as well. It's brilliant. It's gritty. It's you can because it's filmed in Matlock, sort of in, in around, mm. and it's raining and it's drizzly and it's you can just feel so real. It's a spectacular movie. So I think Dead Man's Shoes for me. It's amazing that film. I think originally it was going to be a comedy. Did you know that? Really, 
I think when they first started talking about it, Paddy Considine and Shane Mellors, it was like they were going to do like a knockabout comedy revenge film, I think. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. the more they worked on it, they were like, no, this ain't funny. <laughs> this <is a> it's <laughs> not. There's a funny moment in it with Gary Stretch when he realizes that Richard, Paddy Considine's character, has been in his house. Yeah. That's a funny moment. But when you talk about, again, talking to Stuart Wolverton, and he was saying like the bit where he, when, he, when Herbie's in the pool in the Sluga Club, and he's he's dishing out the drugs, and then and then Paddy constantly goes, and he goes, he goes, what are you what are you looking at? And he's like, oh nothing. And he goes, he goes, what are you fucking looking? At? He goes, you you can't. And like it just yeah. he that he said that that was improvised. Like they didn't like they, he would just come in, and then Paddy constantly would just do stuff. Wow. And that was the one that that was the one they stuck with. But imagine being that. Like that's the thing with Shane Meadows. From what I've heard, they he does like a lot of that improv, and like yeah. they're just working it out as they're going along. Which means, which just makes it more real, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Those moments. It's such a. I think, yeah, Dead Man's Shoes for me is the one. Really good shout. What's the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? The Fifth Element. Really. Uh, I love Luke Besson. Yeah. There's a great film of his called Angel Angela Angel Angel A. Angel Angel, A. Yeah, which is a wonderful film. But the Fifth Element. Because he used um, like supermodels in it and things like that, like people that were sort of supermodels at the time, like male and female. So you've got all these weird and wonderful, incredible-looking people throughout the film. It's a it's a one, and then Lee Evans pops up as the captain of the yeah, and he's running around like you've got Bruce Willis running around, and then Lee Evans is like being Lee Evans amongst it all. It's it's so great. Yeah, and Gary Oldman, you know, he's like you know. He's like, zero stones, zero crates. And it's just, he's just talking to these massive, like, dog-like creatures. <laughs> just. And the bit where he's a bit, he's, there's, a, there's a bit where he's nervous and he starts to leak his blood, but it's, like, black. Every detail in that film is brilliant. I just love it. I love it so much. The opera singer is spectacular. I love the opera singer. Yeah. Another, another strong blue lady. A strong yeah. blue lady. I love a strong blue lady. Really. <laughs> that... Even the, the the comedy in it as well. Everybody in that film again plays such a wonderful part. The comedy in it, the the series, it's just brilliant. So the Fifth Element, I've must have seen, oh, I don't know, countless times. I love it. It's one I put on all the time. Just, uh, I just feel it just makes you feel nice when it's on. It's you know? it that that film when it came out, I think was, I think it was quite critically panned. I think people yeah. were like, "What the fuck is this nonsense?" And it's really held up. It comes up quite a lot, The Fifth Element. People, no one's forgotten The Fifth Element. No. And when it came out, it was like, what's this mess? Well, this, yeah, like Luke Perry's in it. Um, yeah. There's all manner of like little, little characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, brilliant. A, yeah. Absolutely brilliant character. Everything in it. I think it's, there's those films now and again, they pop up. Mm. And there's no, a lot of films, it's like I've been, I don't, I'm not, showing off here but i've been writing a film with someone that's been to the new york film academy like we're, we're writing something mm-hmm. we just I've, I've known her for a long time and then i just we just happened to be she showed me a script of hers and i it was i read it and it was like i'd watched the film i was like oh and then this oh, happened. Wow. and she went yeah that's exactly it i'm like oh, that's amazing and then she said, you've got any ideas and i told this idea and so we're working on it but my point is once you start working on it Working on like behind the scenes, how a film because we've been working on it for months. We haven't even got to the dialogue bit yet. 
Yeah. We've been working out the universe and why is that person in that person's world? Why are they together? What's the point? What's, what's brought them together? Why would they out interact with each other? Because there's so many films that you watch and it, you go, oh, this is the storm in the castle bit. Oh, this is the bit where all, everything's lost. This, this, so there's that framework, that pattern. Yeah. And once you know that pattern, when you watch films, as you, you know, you'll be like, oh, this is that bit. Oh, this is that bit. Oh, right, here we go. Oh, yeah, all is lost. Oh, wait a minute. They're all good. And it kind of ruins films for you a little bit. But every now and again, a film will come along, like The Fifth Element, where you're so dazzled by everything that's going on. Yeah. You don't see the framework that it's following. Like Three Billboards, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Those films, those two films in particular, it's like, it's like you've arrived in town something's happened like in, in three billboards you're a traveler you've arrived in town something's happened before uh, while well, before you got there the whole town's talking about it dealing with it and then you kind of like oh wow this is well and then as you're leaving town they're off to deal with what's what's yeah. what's happened and i love that it's just a moment in time napoleon dynamite there's no reason for it there's no reason for that film <laughs> you're just in a, a moment in time where you're just in this town for a bit and all this is happening and then you leave town and that's still going on. And I love that. And that's like the fifth element for me. It's just, there's just so much going on. It's just a, not, mm. it's a brilliant film. It's an action film, but it's just more to it, you know? I just love it. I like, really like that, Rich Wilson. I really like that. We don't like to be negative, you and me. That's something I'd say about us. So we'll do this fairly quickly. What's the worst film you ever saw? Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> What, too big a boner to get through it? It was uncomfortable. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. I was too turned on. <laughs> the, the actual film, the look of it, it's a good looking film. There was so much hype about the, the, the CGI and the work. And there is. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and slag off the work that went into it because it's, mm. it take, I understand hours and hours and hours that would have taken to do like one shot. And it's, it's a spectacular looking film. But the story was so bad. It was so bad. There's a bit. So they're all flying around on those blue, like, yeah. actual things. And then she's, then, so the, the hero's there and he's talking to the girl. And then this orange one swoops through. And she says, oh, only four people have ever managed to, 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 uh, to get one of those and fly one of those. And I literally out loud, I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> in, an, in half an hour's time, he was going to be riding around on an orange one. You're like, fuck off. <laughs> Someone said to me, when you talk about, um, when was the last time you cried at a movie? I went, Avatar, fucking 30 quid. <laughs> Avatar's the worst film, I'm afraid. Fair enough. I, I expect you're excited about the seven sequels that are on their way. <sighs> fucking hell. What's the, <laughs> what's the film you're in comedy you're a comedian you're very funny what's the film that made you rich wilson comedian laugh the most so when i was growing up so there's a lot of mel brooks so we watched young frankenstein blazing saddles but i know i said now it's not I, to me it's not aged very well but when i was a kid hysterical mm-hmm. absolutely hysterical but later on one one film that cracked me up so much and this would have been 10 years ago i saw it was the remake of get smart with steve carell and it's a real, it's a stupid film. It's daft, and I, I really like it. But Alan Arkin is one of the finest com- comedic actors that we've ever had. Yeah. I loved the first time I became aware of him was in Freebie and the Bean years ago with James Kahn, right. which came out yeah. about nineteen seventy three. 
and it's brilliant. It's such a. It's, it's not yeah, many people. Talk Edgar about Wright it. brought that up. I think. I think it's one of his favourites. Such a good film, Freebie yeah. and Jean. There's a bit because James Carn's like this cool like cop, and they're partners, and Alan Arkin's a bit more straight laced and a bit more you know, but they work really well. Alan Arkin in Get Smart. They're walking along. So it's James Carn and Alan Arkin again. Re, they've put together again. And it's so like, oh, they're together again. This is brilliant. And so James Kahn plays the president of the United States. Alan Arkin's walking. They're just walking along together. And James Kahn says, well, the thing is, you know, not people with like, you know, nuclear bombs. And Alan Arkin goes, nuclear. And he goes, what? He goes, nothing. And they just carry on walking. And I I was on the floor for about 10 minutes. <laughs> he corrected him. He corrected him. Like he, said, <laughs> he said nuclear when the guy said nuclear. And it just, I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. Uh... So that and the bit where they're going through the golf course and then they crash into this thing and this plastic swordfish goes through the windscreen and nearly it's Alan Arkin in the head. And then Steve Carell goes, you thinking what I'm thinking? And he says, if you're thinking, holy shit, holy shit, a plastic swordfish nearly went through my head, then yeah. (laughs) So funny. So funny. Alan Arkin in everything he's ever done. Yeah. He's a spectacular actor. And so for that reason, get smart. Is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Just for him, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, Rich Wilson, you've been wonderful. Of course, it's no crazy. surprise there. However, oh no, <laughs> you were fifty years old yesterday. You had a lovely birthday. I you, did. So, your sons were round one corner. They said good night, Dad, and then they ran really fast around the block <laughs> and surprised you at the other corner. Had a lovely time. <laughs> you ate lots of food. You had a lovely time. All the drinks did the pills you've been holding on to and then you went to bed and you went to sleep and you slept walked and yeah. you slept walked down outside and outside there was a crane delivering the piano you'd ordered for your 50th because you yeah. were like i'm going to take up a new hobby piano weirdly the way they were going to get this piano in was through the first floor window so they brought a crane quite an operation for this piano but it was your 50th they were making an effort and they were late it was two in the morning, but yeah. they'd promised you they'd get it to you on your birthday. Anyway, you wander out the front door, fast asleep, and you just stood there. And the person manning the crane said, oh, is it your birthday today? And the person next to him went, it is, I've just checked the thing. He took his hands off the levers, clap, clap, clap for your birthday. <sighs> piano, straight down, crushed you. Instantly, uh, crushed by piano. You can just see my feet sticking out. Yeah, like the, the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. Just your, my, just your my, my very stri- cool shoes sticking out and your stripy <laughs> socks. My stripy pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was walking past because I was late. I was going to come and wish you happy birthday. And I've got a coffin with me. And there you are, Sparko, under the piano. I'm like, fucking hell. And the, the, the delivery guys, they've scarpered because they're like, this doesn't look good for us. You're now half piano, half man. Your head is like crushed into the the strings inside the piano. So I've had to, I've got an axe. I'm chopping up the piano. Inside the piano is you sliced into bits through the fucking strings of the piano. Your head, you've merged with it. I hit a couple of the keys. It goes, but in your voice, your mouth keeps, and I'm like, fucking hell. So I have to chop you up. I chop you up. I have to slice off bits of fucking string. Anyway. I put all of you in the coffin, but there's bits of piano, there's bits of crane, there's bits of chains and stuff. There's your pyjamas, there's door, 
this concrete, everything in the in the coffin. I've done everything I can, but it is rammed in there. It's full to the brim. There's really only enough room for me to stick one DVD into the side of the coffin and then push you across to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. What film are you taking to show the people of heaven when it is your movie night, Rich Wilson? Please. Got to be the fifth element. Has to be. What a lovely choice. Yeah. And no one's brought it. They're in for a treat. I think they'll, I think they'll love it. Uh, it's got everything you need. It's got humour. It's got violence. It's got everything. Style. It's a very stylish film. And I think it's a great nod to the late, great Luke Perry. It's a wonderful thing. What a lovely answer. Rich Wilson, is there anything you would like to tell people to listen to, watch, look out for, go to? I would like you all to listen to my podcast, Insane in the Membrane, where it's we have men talking about their feelings. We've also got Insane in the Fembrane, uh, where I, I speak to women about what it's like to be a woman, because as a man of the 70s and 80s, I don't really know. We weren't really told these things. So now I'm finding out, you know, and that sounds clunky to say it that way, but I've had some wonderful guests. We also had Insane in the Them Brain because I didn't know, I'd never spoken to anybody that identifies as non-binary before, so I didn't really know that. So we spoke to them, we had Insane in the Them Brain. We've had wonderful guests. We've had Heston Blumenthal, David Baddiel, uh, so many, so many wonderful guests. Uh, and so, yeah, it's available on all podcast channels. So tuck in. There's so much to get into. And go and see Rich Wilson do stand-up. Come and see me do stand-up. I will be in a venue near you. I guarantee it. I've got all dates. I've got a website, Rich Wilson Comedy. Go and have a look at that. All the dates will be up on there. Rich Wilson, what a treat to spend time with you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Have a wonderful death and good day to you, sir. (laughs) Cheers, Brett. Thanks, mate. So that was episode 184. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Rich. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Do not tell me what you think of the podcast. No one cares. At that point, I hope you're just listening to it. I'm delighted to listen to it. But what I want you to do, if you are going to give it a five-star, tell us about the film that means the most to you and why. That's a lovely thing to read. Makes me laugh, makes me cry. People love it. Put it up there. Lovely thing to get involved with. You know what I mean? Thank you so much to Rich for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for another brilliant guest. But in the meantime, I hope you're all well. Thank you very much for listening. Hope things are good and you're all safe and all that. Have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more online 
and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.